Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, Knoxville Game Design Podcast. We haven't really figured out a name. We'll take it uh, as we go. It's, um, what is it, January 20? No, no, no. January 11th? January 10th. 10th. January 10th. All right. Nailing it. Nailing it right off the top. Um, this is going to be a podcast. Uh, this is our first episode, and this is going to be a podcast of members of Knoxville Game Design. It'll be a rolling uh, group, no, no set uh, crew here. Taking a game a month, an indie game a month, we all play it, and then we sort of talk about it afterwards. Uh, this month, uh, the game was Undertale, and if you're worried about spoilers or anything like that, then you can stop listening uh, here in just a moment, um, because obviously you can't talk about a game without getting into spoilers. The... Um, the other thing I want to mention is that the game we decided on doing for next month is the Beginner's Guide. So if you want to participate or join in or listen to a spoiler-free version because you've already played it, uh, now, sometime between now and February, these will come out once a month, uh, check out and play the Beginner's Guide. Uh, it's available on Steam for $9.99, um, and that's going to be our next game. So just to sort of go around the room and, and everything, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm Mike. Uh, I'm here with Dylan Hi. and Levi. Hello. And uh, I'll just start with Levi, uh, just to remember, what have you been playing lately? Uh, yeah, my name is Levi Smith, and basically I've been playing some games on the PlayStation 4, such as Dragon Quest Heroes. I'm really big into hack and slash games like Dynasty Warriors, games like that. I know that that's not everybody's cup of tea, but I've also been going back and playing some retro games on the NES, such as King's Knight, Mike Tyson's Mike Punch Tyson's Out. Punch yeah. Out, yeah, you were streaming, I was watching you. <laughs> uh, you did... You did give up on Mike Tyson eventually? Yeah, I'll have to come back to him. But, but how many, did you look at how long you tried? Yeah, it was quite a while. I think I spent a few hours just getting up to him <laughs> and trying to knock him out. What have you been playing, Dylan? Uh, a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I got into it some last year. I haven't played as much over the past month or so. Things are slowing down after the holidays. Kind of getting back in. Doing a little more than like. What is that like compared to a traditional MMO? Is it is it um, still like Final Fantasy style combat, or is it real time combat? It's actually real time combat. Um, if you've played World of Warcraft, you know it's not going to be anything different. What I like about it is I feel like you have more options than you know. You can change up classes. There's the the crafting system is a lot more. Um, Diverse, and, and that's actually one of the things I get into. Like, even if I'm not feeling like running a dungeon or something, I can sit down and go, like, well, I'll just do the daily crafting quests and level that up. Cool. Well, I ended uh, 2015 as I began 2015, and that is Bloodborne. Uh, the DLC came out towards the end of the year um, and got some time to really put into that and finished up my. Uh, Bloodborne lore play with my daughter, um, which those episodes are uploading and scheduled as we speak. They start Monday. Um, so the three to four views per episode I may eventually get over time can come in. But I've just been totally obsessed with the game um, since it came out, my first Souls game. So since it came out, I played Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Dark Souls 2, and Kingsfield, the Japanese release. I had to get like a fan translation so I could play it um, and delve into that. And that's going to be a talk at some point in the future for the game design group, like the design elements that are happening there, because uh, I've really been interested in picking apart and studying it and all of that. So I don't know where I go to right now. Like, I don't know where I go to after this moment, so I'm sort of... Floating at the moment, waiting for a game to grab me. Maybe XCOM next month grabs me, but um, I, I, don't, I don't know. All right, so we picked, uh, or we took last minute, I called out Undertale. Because I, I had some tweets back and forth with Levi on it. Yes. And um, when I had the idea for doing this show, then I was like, okay, that's a good one. Because I know at least one person's played it. Maybe I can strong arm Dylan into playing it a little bit. I think when you first mentioned it, it was like, I don't know that I'm going to have time. You know, this was like mid-December or something. And then yeah, you, you, I am to be on Steam. And like, okay. It helped, too, that it rose in like the Game of Year discussions. So yeah. we're like, okay, I don't have a mainstream opinion of this game, okay? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to try to be as nice as I can. 
you know, to this game. Um, but since I don't, that gives me a lot of like deeper thought as to like, okay, why not? What's going on here? Can I explain it? Is it rational? Is it personal? Is it just, I don't like it? You know, like what's, what's happening? What's going on here? Um, the game was put out, uh, this year. I think it launched in October 2015, uh, officially by, uh, mostly a single developer, Toby Fox. He has, uh, brought in some people to help him with monster designs. But I think like most of the things, the writing, the monsters, the music, the graphics, that was him. Um, so this is really indie, um, one, one guy. And it was kickstarted about two years ago. So this was a kickstarter and, the start of the game was released at, with the Kickstarter as like a bit of a playable demo. And it didn't get a lot of change. So one one thing with the start of the game is that's the demo. And then it gets into what he spent two years adding. And like all Kickstarters, I think he's a year late on when he thought he would finish. But that's not anything notable even at this point. So... Um, I'll toss it to you guys first. Levi or, or Dylan, who wants to... I think we both put in about the same amount of time. It's just... Yeah, I played like an hour to nine yeah. minutes or so. Just enough to get a taste of it. You there. both bounced off the game. And I would have bounced off the game if I didn't hear a podcast say it picks up after the first hour and a half. That made me play it the second time. It actually does. I did start to see where that happens. And, I mean, I guess I can go if <laughs> something... Yeah, sure. I think part of the problem was I just recently played it, and so I'm hearing it through... I'm playing it through knowing that it is this big, like, internet phenomenon. And I'm... You know, I hear people talk about, you know, uh, uh, pacifist plays and all this stuff. I think it was an internet phenomenon, like, day one, though. It was, but I've heard people... I've actually heard people talk about, you know, some of the... The details and stuff, and I'm 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 basically looking for something deeper here, which is well, no, that's what I think. Like the day one story was with this game. Like I don't think it was possible for most people to come down to it without hearing somebody say pacifist or genocide run or something like that. Like that was really fast. I think it had a really good hook. I mean, something unique, and that's what got people to come in and play this game. Yeah, I think the the weird thing for me was you know early on it. It felt really quirky, just like random stuff. And and like you said, about an hour in, it kind of all gelled into, okay, here's what the plot is. Here's what we're actually going to be doing. We're not dealing with this, um, you know, this quirky, these quirky characters that you meet. Um, one thing I, I did think it did well was, um, like the early tutorials and stuff. I felt like it was kind of a marriage of tutorials, the mechanics behind them, and like character development. Because you meet Toriel or whatever. Toriel, yes, so you meet Toriel. You can clearly tell she's this super needy, you know, uh, mothery character who's leading you through these tutorials, who actually, in some cases, um, stops you and kind of like, oh, you know, try this out. No, I'll just, I'll just walk you through it. And so you get a sense of you, you don't necessarily get frustrated at the game or you, you it's a way of, of kind of feeling what this character feels. I just didn't I kind of expected it to go somewhere else. Well, yeah, it's a good this thing, right? Character, but you're what are you trying to tell me? Annoyed about? at a very handholdy tutorial, but it's setting up this very motherly tutorial yeah. character as very handholdy. I thought that was that was a good yeah use there yeah i think i think that was the general thing that kind of turned me off because it's like i'm having to go through all this dialogue and it's just kind of quirky and i'm like i don't get it this is the thing i compare it to and i think you said it was the thing i compared it to is homestuck i've never gotten into it i know people who like it i don't understand it it's it's probably fine but i feel like i'm outside either that generation or that group that would get it, you know, that wants the style of, of story. Yeah, so I guess I'll go. Uh, yeah, so I came into it, I found an article online, and it said, oh, this is like got a 10 score out of Metacritic. It's beating all the greats of all time. So I was coming in expecting this to be the greatest game of all time. <laughs> so When I saw your tweet that you had played it, like my immediate action was like, Levi shouldn't have, like, I don't know who told Levi to get this game, but knowing what Levi plays, yeah, I guess this isn't something I would have recommended to. Well, yeah. but the weird thing is, like, we, I, 
like JRPGs and stuff, it kind of has that feel. You would, I would it has that surface that. feel, but I sort of already had known like what the subtext level was beneath it. That I was like, I don't know that that's an unconditional recommendation given like the other type of games you would play, yeah. but definitely go I on. definitely have like an unpopular opinion of this game. But uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I do have respect that they use Game Maker. Toby Fox used Game Maker to make this game. So it just proves anybody can pick up Game Maker and make a hit game out there. And uh, when I got into it, I uh, started getting into some of the puzzles where you hit the switches. I just thought that was, I don't know, uh, it really wasn't my thing. I've played these puzzles in Zelda 20 years ago. I really don't need to, like... They were elementary. Yeah, exactly. It's, it felt like it's kind of insulting my intelligence with these simple puzzles. But, I mean, it was okay. Uh, one of my grabs with the game was the graphics. So when I went out and read these articles, I saw this beautiful, like, hand-drawn art out there. And then when I start playing the game, it's like, this isn't even VGA-level graphics. It's kind of like EGA or sub-EGA graphics. Did which, you see, like, fan art or something? Yeah, I saw a lot of fan art and everything. It's like, wow, this looks like another Legend of Mana. This is like a square masterpiece here. And then when I start playing, it's like, what is this? I mean, this is like graphics from the 80s. Which, graphics aren't everything, but I expect it to be at a certain level for I got the impression it was that was intentional it was kind of that throwback they're yeah. using the form of that exactly but uh yeah, some of my opinions, the battles, I understand, well, you're not supposed to attack everything, but they do give you these choices, and I wasn't always sure if I was making the correct choice. Yeah. I know some battles felt like they were scripted, so if I get this point four in the script, I picked the wrong choice, then I got to start all over again going through this sequence. So you kind of, I kind of got that, that same quirky feeling from that, where I was like, okay, I kind of get what you're going for here, but I don't see and you're talking about like in going for like a mercy like when yeah. can i mercy this the creature through the talking action is it matter what i pick or do i just have to wait four turns yeah. and then it happens anyway and i definitely felt that disconnect too what a lot in the game what? like if, are my responses mattering or am i just having to wait until you arbitrarily get out the dialogue you want to get out here and then i can do it and it didn't matter what i did yeah. So I guess the only other thing I was going to say is like, I was like Dylan wondering, it's like, how did this game get so popular? So I looked into like Toby Fox and what he's like developed and everything. And apparently he did the music for Homestuck. So, and I'm sure like a game or something. Yeah. Something like that. And I looked it up and it's like one of the biggest crowdfunded projects of all time. Looks like it has like a few million dollars. So I'm wondering, did he bring his audience, the Homestuck audience over into Undertale? And is that how it blew up and got so popular overnight i suspect it's probably a little of that like the one person i know who's talked about it also reads homestuck i i do get that feeling it's like they're in the same social media circles and so this kind of starts working its way into those circles and you're like oh i should really check this out everyone's been talking about it like we do the same thing with our types of games but right. we don't notice it because we're used to it so that's my brief that's opinion your, of the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the thing is, is um, I waited before it to go on sale and then finally on the Christmas sale, because I, I had to buy three copies. Uh, you know, my wife wanted to play it, my oldest wanted to play it as well, and I wanted to play it. Uh, and so you know, I waited, I saw a tweet, and I dug up, after I played it, I dug up Levi's tweet from months ago and went, I would have never expected to agree with you on this game. <laughs> and so I, I started playing it. And granted, okay, so I, I dug Proteus. Like, I, I still think Proteus is a great little thing that I try to get people to play. Um, a, a lot of, like, are the games art, are they subversive, you know, weird humor. Proteus mixing doesn't up. take as long to get through, though. Um, no, 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 I mean, it's true. I'm just citing, like, the types of games I've gotten into where I, when I went into this one, I, I wasn't like, no, 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 a game is a, a core set of mechanics. It has a best score. Like, I'm not that, right? I'm on the other end of the spectrum here of, yeah. you know, like, you're, it's going to be have to be a lot. Like, it has to be a straight visual novel for me to go, oh, that's not a game. You know, like, any sort of interaction. And I'm willing to, like, no, no, you can have the game checkmark. Here you go. You know, like, everybody gets one, you know? And so I was not 
like coming at this of like, okay, this is going to be a lot of narrative and a lot of dialogue. I was sort of expecting that's what this was going to be. I sort of had an idea. I, I'd avoided spoilers because I knew I wanted to play it, but I heard a lot of podcasts discuss it. So I'm pretty eyes wide open into this is blown up crazy. But also I've heard people talk about this who are not crazy about the game. Um, they like the game, but are not in the crazy fan, you know, and they're like, Hey, I just talk about Bloodborne, right? Like there's a crazy souls fan that is detrimental to the souls game in my opinion. Right. So I can see that and go, okay, these crazy undertale fans are hurting undertale because they're misaligning expectations and things like that. Um, and they, they just need to say it's a great game. And there you go. You know, like, I really liked it. I think it's a, Again, it's it's a different type of fan than we are, and so. But this happens. You know, I, as I put my Bloodborne, and, and it happens in other fandoms too. Yeah. So I played ninety minutes or so of the game, and I was like, "This, this, not. I'm, I'm ready to bounce off it, just like you two guys. I just okay. I'm not really getting out the humor, nothing. And then really wasn't gonna think too much about it. I think it was a giant bomb podcast that I was listening to and Austin Walker on there. I think he told Jeff Gersman that, Oh, you only played this far into it. If you do pick it back up, like past that, it really starts going on. And the reason it has a very slow start is that was the Kickstarter prototype. And Toby Fox never went back to the Kickstarter prototype two years later and went with what I can do now. Let me improve that beginning, which is kind of a design flaw. one. Like you're supposed to build from the middle out. So that the first and last levels are the last things you work on. So that creates the best experiences. And sort of your middling point is in the middle. So your impressions left with the player are really strong. They picked it up, it was great. And when they finished, it was great. And there's always going to be parts in the middle somebody doesn't like. So it's not, not a big deal. So it's like, okay, that makes sense to me. Let me put another play session. Let me put another two hours into it was actively hating the game at this point. Like at that point, I had forced myself to play a game I wasn't enjoying another two hours. And then I hit how long to beat. It's like five hours. Well, I got four. And at that point, we're going to see this to the end, right? <laughs> and my wife is on... 29, 30 hours of Undertale, like her, like, I don't know how many game playthroughs she's done. All those things you hear people talking about. Yeah, again, that's she's one of the doing. things I was, I was reading into it. Like, everything I do is a choice. I can't. Do like I have this. not talked about this game at all. She hears the music or whatever to know that I'm at the end. And you come in to watch somebody, you know, of like, they're playing the game you love and they're at the moment that you love and it's great. But she doesn't know. I'm internally this ball of rage. <laughs> and I want to you, play the game of this. <laughs> you get to the final fight and it does a crash to desktop thing. Okay? And then I that's when I started like verbalizing. Okay? Uh, I'm not going to swear here, but I swore a lot then of how Fez did this joke better and much, you know, like you shouldn't crash someone out the desktop. Like Fez simulates a reboot in the game. It doesn't throw you to the desktop as if it crashed and give you a panic of that. But whatever, this is what you want to do. This is your subversion. We go back into it. And then, of course, you go to the final, final fight. Like now you fight the real form of Lavos type thing. The artwork and everything is like evocative of that. Um where things are breaking out of the the sort of JRPG boxes and things like that. Like, oh no, this is so powerful, it doesn't fit in the screen of other things. And every time you lose this fight, which you have, you're basically going to lose a bunch of times, okay? You get thrown back to the desktop. And the game knows it threw you to the desktop because the final villain is, which is that little flower thing you meet in the very beginning, okay? Who, who tries to like, hey, the world is kill or be killed, Right. Um, and then you kind of learn to the game and maybe you heard going into the game, don't kill anyone. All right. That's, that's what I try to do. Yeah. That's usually what you hear at this game is like, Hey, it's even in the advertisements, um, on steam, the RPG where you don't have to kill anyone. Okay. That's like in the description on steam. So I don't think it's crazy to think somebody knows that before going to the game. Because I don't really think the game does a good job setting that up either in the game of like, hey, no, no, that's, you're really going to mess up your playthrough if you start killing creatures. Okay. And then I realized like this fight 
and and it's using the 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 bullet hell mechanics right is sort of what this game does with instead of the standard uh, menu-based combat of a JRPG. Which I thought was kind of neat. I, think I give it props for that. I do. I actually think... Um, I'm going to cut over to my list here in a second. Um, and But I do give it props to that, of, of thinking that through. But you're in this massive, like, hardcore bullet hell shooter in that final fight. And I'm not great at those games. And every time I fail, you're going to crash the desktop and I have to reload it. And it doesn't load up full screen. You have to then send it into full screen mode each time. Is a really frustrating loop. And I actually, again, a lot of swears were involved in this statement with my wife behind me, sort of like a horror is coming over her face of like, I don't like the thing you like. And in fact, I think the thing you like is, is garbage. At this point, this is my lowest moment, okay? <laughs> is total trash and garbage. I actually, instead of launching the game, opened up Steam, found the game in the folder, right-click, delete local content, you're done. <laughs> like, I'm out. Like, this is garbage. And then, like, I just went into, like, a 15-minute, like, tirade of things in the game and wrong and all that. And I guess that's where I should bring up my list. Um, now, since then, I watched um, the the Best Friends Let's Play uh, on, on the Switcher 1 channel. Not on their, like, machinima stuff, but where they do the extended things. So they have, it's like a 14. They actually end up doing multiple playthroughs. Um, and one thing that led me, actually, the thing that led me to quit the game, so uninstall it, was I went to a wiki of like, is there something I can do? Is there something I can say? I don't want to get to this stupid final fight and find out like, oh no, if you would have just done this, you wouldn't have had this bullet thing. Let me just see if there's like a thing. And that's when I read, I had pacifist the entire game. I didn't kill a thing. Okay. Pure pacifism play, which is not easy because you never level up and you fight tougher and tougher. You know, you still have to start in 20 health. It doesn't matter what your damage is because you're not doing any damage, right? Talk through every fight, everything. And I found out that I can't have the good ending until I've at least done the game once. And it did not matter as long as I left one creature alive. So I could have killed 99% of everything and got the same ending that I got for killing nothing because it was my first playthrough. And I have to go play the game a second time. And that's when I was like, I'm done with this garbage. Because I have done everything that you have asked of me and you withhold. Like even the Souls games don't do that. So even the Souls be- games, with they're deep and weird and you've got to like know to bring this stuff here and that stuff there. If you bring out the wikis, because you'll probably never figure it out playing the game how many times you play it. You bring out the wikis and you do all that, you can at least get the ending you want in the first game. So what you're saying is me sitting down and going, I'm going to try to pacifist everything. There was one fight I couldn't figure out how to do that. Me, you know, worrying about all these choices I'm making, it does not matter, but it seems like it does. Yes, because you're going to have to replay the whole game anyway. <laughs> that may not be true. I haven't gotten a quite... I haven't quite figured out how to answer the question as if, like, after you get that ending... If it just like rewinds you and you don't necessarily play the whole game, because they did a lot of edited on their second playthrough on that thing, so I get that answered. It may skip some parts for you because the game seems to be aware of dialogue in the game that this is your second playthrough. It's like, is it a new game plus? I mean, are you yeah, carrying it, things it's, over? It your knows what you game? did um, in prior games, um, which I think is clever. Um, so, okay, my, my notes here on my problems with the game of like what was like the building of, of rage steps there and, and the writing is at the top of my list I, I i actually found the writing really really bad um extra credits ironically just did or coincidentally i guess just did an episode on writing and one of the things they talk about is just throwaway lines just lines that don't mean anything and this is all throwaway lines. build build the frustration and yeah. um so you guys didn't get to it. But when you move through Hotland, there's a character, Alfie, who is worse than Toriel because every step sometimes they're contacting you on the phone and giving you dialogue. <coughs> and I'm supposed to be connecting with this character and I'm actively hating this character. Like, let me play the game. Especially because in, in Hotland... 
you get to some puzzle puzzles. And I was sort of excited to do them. But Alfie's interrupting me, sometimes telling me the solution to the puzzle ahead. Or, wait a minute, let me hack the system and turn the puzzle off for you. And I'm like, I don't want you to, to stop telling me the answer. Let me call you if I need help, okay? Let me let me say, hey, if you need help, call me. Maybe I can put this together. And that'd be a great, like, somebody gets confused. I love puzzles, man. And to sit there and, like, I'm starting to work it out because I'm like, hey, dialogue, get away, dialogue, get away, get out of my face, dialogue. I'm working this puzzle out before I can even move it. And then you go, I solved it for you. No, man, like that's wrong. But I think that's the appeal to the people who are just crazy for it is for whatever reason they like these characters, they're playing for a completely different reason than we are. Yes, yes. Yeah. And But to me, it's like these are sort of like, I think you could have gotten the same connection without doing these things. Again, oh, yeah. by like, let me call back to Alfie to get the solution to the puzzle. I think it's that quirkiness element. Like I said, it probably, I think it's one of the reasons like a lot of people let's play it, you know, like watch the let's play because you can get the same experience because you're not playing for, yeah, it, it, you know, the gameplay like we would be. I guess to say like in the game design, it's like you're designing solely for the Homestuck audience and you're not stepping like, I, I don't want to say that, but you're, what, well, I mean, you're designing solely for a particular <laughs> type of player. Yeah. They may or may not be the Homestuck audience. They're the Homestuck audience. But they, you're designing for a particular player. I feel guilty that I said that. <laughs> no, no, you guys have explained a lot, actually. That actually, like, wait, Toby Fox is a connection to Homestuck. Suddenly, like, actually, if they'd, like, started off oh, and it'd been, like, Undertale, the Homestuck adventure, I might have actually enjoyed it more because I could have gone, well, that's home, Homestuck. Mm-hmm. And, like, just have compartmentalized and not looked at it and go, why are you doing this bad writing? Okay. Um, I, I think the, the flip side of, of this, I, I look at it as they made certain design choices. These design choices support a certain experience, but the kind of the form the game takes leads you to expect a different experience, especially if you're from our generation. Yes. Yeah. This is a different background. Just, you know, you could be of any generation. Well, maybe somehow you've missed Homestuck and Tumblr and are in high school, like, you know, and, and well, I mean like JRPGs and 8-bit and that sort of thing. We, we experience it differently than they do. It, the game's going for a very earthbound feel though. Like, yeah, that's my feeling. I felt like, well, I, I really just want to be playing earthbound right now. It seems like it was more of a superior game. It was like, okay, I'm not getting that same experience that I got in Earthbound. But yeah, you were talking about characters. I was just going to mention, like, the characters I really didn't connect with. I don't forget their name, but the two skeletons. The pretty They're named after fonts. Oh, fonts. Oh, I oh, didn't realize Sands it. and Papyrus. So, they oh, never go talking. away, guys. Yeah. They are through the entire game. Yeah, so I started playing the game, and it's you got like... You never want me to go back to this. It's got, like, this really dark tone. You're in a forest, and there's these shadowy creatures, like, around and everything. Then there's like these two skeletons that are cracking jokes and everything. I was like, this kind of feels like Jar Jar Binks to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Only Sans. Comic Sans is cracking oh, jokes. Comic Sans. Oh. See, yeah. I See, didn't like, get the pun there. <laughs> oh, yeah. These are the great writing puns. Um, <laughs> these are the good ones, actually. These are like Papyrus is in the Papyrus font. Comic Sans is in the Comic Sans font. And telling the jokes. Um, Papyrus is actually annoyed by them most of the time. He's obsessed with joining the Royal Guard and such. Um, they're through the whole entire game. And yeah, they have some very interrupty, long dialogue. It could have been trimmed down. I guess it's sort of like that throwaway dialogue. Like You could get the same thing across, trim it down, pick your best jokes, get those in there. Mm-hmm. But by padding it out... You get me to a point where even the good ones aren't playing now because I just want to get back to the game. Like, I feel like the dialogue is taking me out of the game. Yes. Um, and another part with the dialogue is later, uh, this character Alfie has a character that they created, a robot Metaton, who has gone haywire and is attacking the player. And they're, like, trying to, like, I, you know, we we were trying to kill you first. Um, this is a, a crux plot in the game is that uh, they need a human soul. A monster can absorb the human soul and then break the barrier and then they can get free. Is actually they need to absorb seven souls, and they have six. So you're actually like freedom, okay? So that's a bit of 
a good reason as to why like so many of the monsters would be kind of attacking and like we get freedom on your death and it's easy to sort of see like this thing that he's going for right this sort of empathy like undertones of like yeah now that we know you now that you've talked to me i don't really want to kill you anymore like i wanted to kill you when i didn't know who you were because i could get my benefit from it but now that we've talked we realize ah okay i did feel like they were going for that it was just one of those things that i couldn't i never like it never clicked for me that this is what you're trying to say i think there's a lot of surface stuff that can block you from getting to this other stuff um which actually watching the last play and reading into it and going to everything this game does I've lightened up on uh, my opinion of the game a lot. But the thing with Metaton and Alfie is that it's, you start to read, okay, maybe because I'm coming off all the Souls games, I'm looking for second meanings in all the text. Yes. And it starts to hint at some second meanings of Metaton is not Haywire. Alfie's want you to like her. So all of these battles are staged in such a way that Alfie's is going to save you at the last minute. And, like, you sort of, like, can pick these things up of, like, where you're in a fight and Metaton is is doing a very showman-like thing. Like, they're putting on a show, literally. Like, it's a quiz show or it's a cooking show. And they'll say something like, and now it's time for the final meal. Ahem. It's time for the final meal. And then Alfie's comes in and I'm like... Wait a minute, this something's here, something's going on. These two are in cahoots, something's going on. And then there's a moment where you sort of like best Metaton, and then Alphys comes in, and then it's like right before that fight, Metaton just straight up tells you, Oh, by the way, Alphys is trying to do this, you know, for, for all this and all that. And I was like, You suck. Like you, you like literally, you don't you show, don't tell, right? Yes. Like, this was a really interesting thing when it was like, I picked up on something. I've uncovered some deeper meaning in the story and the plot and the characters, and they became interesting, and then they went flat two-dimensional as soon as you just, like, literally told me, like, this is going on. Just in case you missed it, this is going on. Um, it's a shame. Because this um, explicit tutorializing, explicit, like, once you get that treatment of, like, oh, you're just going to make sure I miss nothing. You stop looking for hidden meanings. This game is actually really full of hidden stuff. There is content in this game that you can only get by hacking your save file, and the game knows you hacked your save file. The game actually is aware you're hacking your save file. You're doing things. Here's other content. Here's other characters that explain how the world got set up. We're not just talking about like, haha, I see you hacked your save file and gave yourself a bunch of money. We're talking about actually plot and like when you go see these things on the wiki, you're like, oh wow, it's mind blowing. But I'm like, Toby, man, you did yourself a disservice by presenting me a game where you're gonna handhold so much. I stopped looking. Whereas like in this game that, that's known for that, like Souls games, they explicitly go out of their way to not never really explain anything. To sort of teach you, you're going to have to put in some thought and connect some dots here. That's the way this game is, so that then you can do this on your own. And it's the same. Like I said, there's a lot of awesome hidden content in this game. It's worth going watching some really heavy fan Let's Players. Maybe just skip like through several of the first episodes that you play because it doesn't really vary. Um, and you can try and get this stuff off. But especially if they go into like the third new game plus or they hack their save file or they get this stuff out or just watch a um like top 10 things you didn't know about undertale and you're like that's an awesome game i want to play that game not the game i got not the undertale is on my disc see that kind of explains something for me like we're levi and i I think are looking at this like oh you know this particular group of people like it and it's not it's popular because it's popular with a particular mindset fandom whatever it's pop that's what got them over the hump so that they could enjoy these things through the dip or however you want to phrase it like yeah that that made you rage Uh, my note here my next note here is actually um the game is randomness for randomness sake and i mean that in the humor and the writing yeah um like uh there's a there's a creature i don't think you guys hit it because it's a little bit later in the game uh one of the monsters is sundari plane sundari airplane Right? So the anime trope 
of the girl or boy, you know, who's very hostile on the outside, but then is secretly like in love with the person they're hostile at, right? And it's a very done trope. And my thing is like the combination of Sundari and Airplane is it's just random. Like there's nothing inherently Sundari. I don't know if I'm saying that right. So if you want to leave a comment about my pronunciation, I have no clue. I stopped saying the T. I think that's right. I don't know. Um, but there's nothing inherently Sundari about an airplane, right? And there's nothing in the dialogue that meant like, oh, you're right. I, I get the joke. It's, you know, no, no. Like now, if you had like Sundari porcupine, okay, right? I get that, right? It's got porcupine. It's got quills on the outside. So you can't really hug it. You get hurt. I get that. Ah, I get the joke, right? That's actually not a great joke, but that's my example. Um, or uh, I don't know if this was actually in Undertale or if I mix this up with something else or if it's just a meme and Undertale used it. But like the cactus is the most Sundari of all plants, right? And I'm like, that's hilarious. It's because you find it in the desert when you need water to live, but it's going to probably cut you uh, as you try to get to the water to survive, right? And I get that. That's a joke. That's the premise. That's the combining. It's just a lot of this game. It's just random. Like, what if we did this and this? Isn't that funny? And, and that's Homestuck. That's why yeah. I said this explains but, a lot to me. But I, I think if if you want to be fair about it, that's also something like Monty Python. Like, it's designed to be, you know, at least the original sketch show, it's designed to be just very random and weird. And then over, you know, like, because it's developed such I a fandom. I think Monty Python, Mr. Mrs. Age no, speaking. I'm, like, they have a connecting thread in the jokes, you know? No, I understand, but my, my point is a lot like of the, the jokes... the French guy at the um, castle who tells yeah. him they can't come in is a jerk because French people are jerks. Like, there's a connecting yeah. stereotype or thread or something. Well, that, that's a good example <coughs> but of, of that being the case. But I think there are cases where, you know, just like Ministry of Silly Walks, like, that's completely random. But, but is it, or is it a commentary on stupid red tape of governments and systems? I feel systems? like it could go either way. But the, the point and again, I could at, be over-defending. I'm a fan. Of, I, and I'm, I not, and I'm, not, I'm not saying these are, this is a one-for-one one comparison, <clears> but <throat> the thing I go back to is they wrote a lot of these things just to be random, and then they keep getting repeated, and so they become memes when they were originally meant to be so absurdist that they kind of, you know get away with those sorts of standard jokes. So this is kind of the same yeah. thing, except we are not, we are in a different audience. To be nice to Undertale, there are two characters, Braddy and Caddy, in the game, and they are great. And I love yeah. them. And there are two um, sort of bubbly, the uh, they're bubbly like valley girls that run a little shop selling you things. And they have a cool thing where they're sort of both talking at once all the time. They really play into the stereotype well. They're animated well. Um, and it's really written well where their jokes sort of tie into the, the things and everything sort of has that connective line that I, I'm complaining about, uh, in there. And like, so like one of the things they were talking about is like, where do we get this great stuff to sell it out there? It's like, and then Caddy is just like, oh, we just find it in the garbage. And then they go shock horror. It's the best garbage. Like, you know, they sort of like have this moment of like realizing like, oh, we just said too much, but we're just going to laugh and joke about it now because that's our personality. And it's like, yeah, they're literally finding things in the garbage and selling it to you and marking it up. And, you know, they're like, who leaves a gun in the garbage? We don't know. We found one. You know, do you want a gun? Um, I think it's a gun they have. Um, and I mean, so there are like these moments, like I don't want to give the impression that all the writing and the entire thing, even to my, you know, anti-homestuck jaded old guy view is bad. Like I generally enjoyed that. Even watching the players get through it, I'm like, ah, I like these two. These two are great. Um, and you know, there's some other moments in there. So I don't want to give the impression that it's bad. Um, and we already talked a little bit about matter notice. Like you had to run the game multiple times to get the, the true passive ascending that, Kind of annoying. Um, that to be they fair, do that. same thing in Chrono Trigger. You had to go through the entire game before you could start getting a lot of the offshoot endings. Right, right. And I look at that as like we know better now. You know, like that's yeah. one of the things of like no, no, we we know better now. Like it's like an implicit new game plus. Let's, that let's they're just not, not give a limited number of continues, right? In your action game, we know better now. Like that doesn't really do anyone any good. Um, 
So, um, I, we talked, we touched on this. You mentioned it a little bit. I, I thought the, the combat, um, system, I thought it was a novel approach. I think it was very in, in, in innovative. Uh, what they did it was like sort of like, hey, let's rethink this combat, uh, and what can we do with it? And I think there's room to grow there. I think they, I think Toby, um, got a little excessive with it, a lot excessive. A complaint I've heard by fans is they can't complete the game because they can't get to the bullet hell mechanics. And that it's sort of overdone. And I think it's, it's an interesting mashup, but he, at the same time, I think he's alienating a big portion of his core audience because I don't know that the core audience that this appeals to are bullet hell shooter fans. Like that Venn diagram, yeah. I don't think is very big. I think it actually is Toby Fox. It's like the, the, the mix of like, I get all this humor and I'm really into bullet hell shooters. That's Toby Fox. The difficulty level would have helped things a lot as well. A difficulty saying. level. There is in the game, and then again, it's something you have to wiki. There is a hidden thing, uh, uh, Timmy's. If you want to go look it up, uh, go look up how to get to the Timmy village. And there's a thing of like, if you can get 9,999 gold, or there's a way to drop it, I think, by dying too many times to, in the Timmy village or something. You can get the Timmy armor, which then reduces all damage to like one point of damage. Um, it's like the best armor in the game. It's like an yeah. almost an invincibility armor for, for the most part. Um, and that can make it a lot easier. So if you are listening to this and you are in that camp of, I can't finish this game because it's too hard. And I love all the characters and the writing is great and I love the humor. That's sort of, I wish it was a little bit more clued in. So I think here is your route. I'm, I am fine with games saying like, here's a difficulty meter and like, I just want to play this for the story. Um, and, and tone it down because, a lot of this game is just is the story. A lot of unlocking this additional content is going back and talking to people and backtracking through your game and getting an item and carrying it to here. And it's not really about the combat at all. So don't make the combat be the limiting thing. It, it did kind of feel like a to the moon sort of game where, okay, he, you know, we walk into this next room. Now we're in a completely different scene and a completely different act is supposed to happen here. And, you know, there had to be everything. You know, there was never really a room I ran into where something didn't happen. Yes. Yeah. One thing I liked about it was the bullet hell battles. I mean, I could have played a game that was just the bullet hell battles and without all the story and all that other stuff. So that's one thing I thought was really innovative with the game. I think if they took that and expanded on that, that would be something that I'd really enjoy playing. I think there's a mechanic that you could do, some kind of action game mechanic that you could do, like the bullet hell thing, but not bullet hell so it doesn't get as crazy. So somebody who's not as into that or good with that, yeah, um, and each bullet hell battle was different. So it wasn't like I was playing the same thing over right. and over again. Each little like configuration of the bullets was different for every single Now, enemy. a bit of a complaint I have on that is they changed some of the mechanics um, of like how your, your heart can move. Like sometimes it gets trapped at the bottom and you're just jumping. Sometimes you have to stand still and let things pass through you. Sometimes you have to be moving to pass through these things. Um, sometimes bullets come at you and then swing around and go to the other side. And you have to block it with a shield. And you won't know what to do until you get hit and killed by it once. And that's no clues on how to. Yeah, it's sort of it. like you'll learn about this after it hits you. And I'm okay with that in a game that sets up like this is how that works. Mm -hmm. But in a game like what they're going for with Earthbound, like I'm not set up to like, oh, you'll learn how to beat this after you die to it once. It's not the game I'm playing right yeah. now. I remember the blue things like they you can pass through them if you're standing still. I want to say I just randomly figured that out in the combat. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because that's sort of a well, That's because you skipped all of Papyrus's dialogue where he explicitly over and over again explains the blue. Now, there's a payoff that in that. happened before. I, I there's a payoff say in his, happened before. It does happen happened. before you get to him. I think that's where I figured The first in, introduction to the blues does happen. Um, there is an explanation. There is a tutorial that just tells you, you you may have just like, I'm mashing through the yeah, dialogue. Um, because there is there is a payoff though when Papyrus when you actually do the fight with Papyrus and you see the blue things and he's like ah, I'm on, and then he's like get ready for my true attack and you're like well I've been dodging your blue things I already know about your blue things but then he turns your heart blue and he's yeah. like that's my blue attack and when your heart goes blue is when you're at the bottom and then it becomes um, jumping infinite runner yeah jumping in an infinite runner but you still have parts where you have to stand still. 
Like you still have a blue thing that will come across the screen, so you don't try to jump over it. You stand still, let it go through you, and then jump the ones around you. Um, and I like that setup. I like, oh, he's got a blue attack. He's got a blue attack. You're hearing all of this. And then when you get it, we've done a misdirection on you. And that, that that's clever. Um, I mean, I don't really have much more uh, notes here. We've, we've talked about it. I mentioned the desktop crashing already. Um, the controller support, this is a minor gripe, but I feel like if you're going to have controller support in the game, you need to change the button prompts to be the buttons on the controller. Okay? Yeah. Um, now, I can understand if, if like, oh, well, some people use a PlayStation controller, some people use an Xbox controller. Um, but honestly, the, the people we do this, we're sort of used to seeing the prompts for the other system that even if you just had one, but when you tell me quickly, press the X key, like, I don't re- remember which one of these was X. And I was actually using like enter and shift because they give you the alternate control scheme. I was using those. And so, so, they, so I had to kind of like, they didn't tell in. you either. Like it didn't say enter. It said X. And you're like, no, I'm not using that key. Yeah. Like at the beginning, it shows you, you can use enter or Z space or uh, shift or X or whatever. But in game, it's just like X. It always yeah. refers to the primary. Key. And then there are some boss fights that slap up a thing where you all of a sudden have to really quickly type something on the keyboard, like type, like typing in a dead types thing. And then like, if you're like, not sitting in there because it's like, oh, I've got the controller connected. I turn around to my TV, my 46-inch TV that is in my office next to my computer so I can sit on my couch in my office and play my games. And then all of a sudden, it's like I had to jump up and run to the keyboard in a timed battle. Not cool, man. It's not cool. See, I was wondering if there would be any plans on bringing this to home consoles because uh, I know like other game maker games have made that transition like Spelunky. But if there are constraints, like you can't just play it on any controller, you've got to have a keyboard in front of you. I can't imagine somebody bringing up the virtual keyboard on like the PlayStation 4 or Xbox and, and typing Ping something in. in. Yeah. And, and it's, it's rare. So those could be redone. Those could be redone for a console and like we changed it into like a button match. Because actually the ones I'm thinking of, I don't think they matter what you type. It's just like get a number of letters in quickly. Um or or something. And and it and it's another fight that's just trying to like every fight, even when you're trying to talk, tries to do something different to varying degrees yeah. of success. Sometimes it goes bad, and it feels like, oh, you know, all I really gotta do to tutorial, right, is just not fight for like 20 times and then she's gonna let me go yeah, that right? reminds me of final oh. fantasy 4 back Didn't in the days that. when you had to fight yourself then you just got to stand there for like 10 seconds or so and let your evil self like try to kill you if you just are a pacifist and you win that battle yeah so and that stuff can be annoying like when you hear that of like oh i thought i was going through all the menus of trying to do it and okay the thing that actually irritates me about those is when <clears throat> I get into one of those and I had to do the thing and I finally figured out the thing and the thing's kind of dumb or I think it's dumb. And I went through all my healing items. Yes. <laughs> and there's no load on this game. Mm-hmm. There's no load your save on this game. You have to quit the game without saving and launch it again to get back. And it's like, if I go through a big boss fight and it's got a gimmick that I could have beat it in three turns, but it took me 20 to figure out the gimmick... But I went through because he's a really tough boss and I had to heal a bunch. I want my health items I, back. I think that's a throwback to old Final Fantasy games where they have the impossible bosses and you're just a, supposed to die. And if you use all your elixirs and all yes. your phoenix downs and all that, then you're going yeah. to still die anyway. And if you don't have a safe spot to go back to, then you're just stuck without your items. And even even my beloved Souls games do that. Like they, I think everybody knows at this point the first boss is designed to kill you. Just die to it. Yeah. Just go ahead and die to it. Don't try to like... Fortunately, they never give you a ton of items you could have used. And nothing that you use is critical that you won't like find later. But man, that is just annoying. I'm like, I was going to lose anyway. And I, I used all my items. And I want my items back. I used my Phoenix down, you know? And like, those are not cheap, you know? Like, those are critical moments. So... um I think we're we're wrapped up on this one. Like I said, uh, I do highly recommend, if, especially if you were down in the game, go watch. Like the, there was a YouTube video. It was like a top ten Undertale things uh, you didn't know or something about Undertale, and I watched it, and I was like, "Wow, okay, this is crazy good." Um, so you know, go check those out. There's a lot more content, and it may bring you back into like maybe I will play this. Um, 
uh, maybe I will go through or, 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 or change it. And I don't just mean that for you, you two guys. I mean that for everybody listening. Uh, but thanks also for listening to the podcast. Uh, like I said, next time we're going to do a beginner's guide. So um, as we sign off here, um, Dylan, where can people go to find out more? Where is like... I guess uh, twitter.com slash Dylan Wolf. Dylan Wolf. You spell that D-Y-L-A-N-W-O-L-F. for... D-Y-L-A-N-W-O-L-F. All right, Dylan Wolf. Also DylanWolf.com. Yeah. yeah. You pretty much get to anything, any, any games there, all that. Levi? Uh, yeah, my website is LeviDSmith.com. I do a lot of game development. Usually every month I put out a new project, so check that out. And I also have... I'm on Twitter at GATechGrad. So you can find me at V-I-N-U-L-L on Twitter and YouTube and, and dot coms and all the things is where I'm at. And yeah, as I said, I'm getting ready. Um, Monday, um, I will start a Bloodborne, uh, lore play. So this is for anyone who's interested in the meaning behind lore. So obviously spoilers all over the place because it is my, after 500 hours of Bloodborne, I think is what I play, which is more than you put into your MMO. Um, <laughs> it's probably a good thing. I don't it's now like I'm actually at a point where I'm like 500 hours in of like this is how it works. This is like I pieced it together, and I still kind of want to do another run through. I still like I'm tempted to like <laughs> take a weekend and get on Twitch and set up like a donation to the Technology Cooperative. Who I want to shout out uh, Technology Cooperative uh, Techco T E C H C O dot org. Um, host an actual game design meetup group. Also. Um, noxogamedesign.org. Um, if, if you just search on that or you hit any of our sites, you can kind of find, uh, Noxo Game Design. If you search that, you'll find the website as well. Uh, you can set up a newsletter and, and come out. We meet once a month, um, to, um, have sort of a presentation and discussion. And then we meet a second time in the month to have sort of an open game lab where more hands on, or if you have questions or specific, you know, want some one on one time or bring in the game you're working on and get some feedback from, we promise you we are much nicer in person than we might have seemed like <laughs> on, on, uh, this, this talk of, um, Undertale. Uh, and, and we're all just about helping each other and helping us, uh, each finish our games and ship our games and get in the marketplaces. So, uh, thank you guys, everyone, for listening. <laughs>